Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jose Canseco Cast, a podcast about baseball legend Jose Canseco, with your hosts Jeff May and Adam Todd Brown. Hey everybody! Hey everybody! Welcome to Jose Consecast. Come to Jose Consecast, ladies and gentlemen. What's this podcast about? This uh, this is a podcast about uh, Bash brother Jose Consecast. Jose Conseco. and this is Jose Consecast, a podcast about Jose Conseco. Steroids. <laughs> Steroids. There it is. Thank you to Jacob Nailed Stafford it. Miller for throwing that together. Nailed We're going to tinker with it and yeah. try and get it a little bit. A couple of louder spots, but other than yeah. that, I mean, the word placement, mwah. perfect. Couldn't find an Adam, a Todd, or a Brown, or a Jeff, or a May? Yeah, he didn't say my name once Those in any like interviews. Pretty hardcore baseball names from the 80s. Also, he listened to 188 hours of interviews to put that together. He's been working on that for six months. That's, That's not a, true. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> can you so, imagine? Yeah. <laughs> for a six-second throwaway. Yeah. Fuck you, Jose. Thank you for helping us circumvent Jose Canseco's meanness on Oof. Cameo. Who'd Just a thought? mean guy. Who would have thought he'd be a bad person on Cameo? I would not expect anything less from Jose Canseco. Yeah, I guess if you learn about him, you're like, oh, okay. This is another example of your heart-shaped pod experience where you're like, oh, I kind of like that guy. Yeah. Maybe he's unfairly maligned. And then as you continue, you're like, by the time we get to the end of this episode, I'm going to want criminal charges brought <laughs> against Jose Canseco. Yeah. Oh, man. It's hard to keep reiterating certain things. Yeah. When you're like... Unless you're Jose Canseco writing two books, in which case you will reiterate everything. Hey, man, you got to get that page count. Right? That he was paid by the, by the steroid. <laughs> <laughs> paid by the steroid reference. You never got a finder's fee for steroids, you know? That's like the one part of me that makes it seem really magnanimous is he was like in his eyes really trying to help out other baseball players. Yeah. It's like when you think about it, it's like when a kid tries to cook breakfast and ruins it. But like the thought is there. Was he at least getting paid to give them steroids? Was he at least selling them? And then they're like, oh, something who needs somebody who needs the money to do that. He's not making eighty thousand dollars to give people steroids yeah it's not a high value drug to deal i don't know the financials behind it it's something that you have to take sort of regularly so it's not going to be like it would be like a baseball player selling heroin while they're performing like they're making something that makes them less than a tenth of a percent of their salary true and could put them in federal prison yeah this is a legitimate like i think he was just trying to help out his bros yeah, it kind of seemed that way, and it seems like most of baseball was interested in receiving that help. They were really invested. Very, very actively engaged in getting them steroids into their asses. Which is the tragedy, because Jose Canseco, a lot of people like, he ruined baseball, but from a financial perspective, he didn't hurt it. No. Tisha uh, McGuire had to inject steroids into his ass, did not hurt kind Major of League Baseball. Kind of revived baseball. <laughs> kind of. It was a shot in the arm to baseball. <laughs> the shot in the ass baseball needed. So we talked last week or on the last episode, which was last week, about Juiced and yeah. the actual, like we've been going through the book and the stories in it, but last week we talked about the writing and release of the book Juiced. And this week I want to talk about Vindicated. Vindicated. 
the f- I am selfish. I am wrong. I am <laughs> right. I'm sure I'm right. You're under it all along, and I am for. No. No, I don't know. Who. A little dashboard confesh? Oh, yeah, definitely not for no, me. No, no, no. DBC? No, DBC. I'd rather uh, listen to DBC, a Jose Canseco. Are we DBC, you group? <laughs> I'd rather listen to a Jose Canseco album. Oh, of course I would. <laughs> so he wrote Vindicated, which... Was a word given to him, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Chris, I believe it's Chris Matthews. There's an interview, and it was an interview that I talked about, I believe, last time, or at least when I was talking about all the interviews during Juiced. There was one with Chris Matthews, I believe it was on Hardball or something, and it was legitimately him saying, do you feel vindicated about this book yet? Are you feeling vindicated? He said vindicated to Jose Canseco like six times, and you could see like the rusty gears <laughs> starting to move in his brain. Well, he was wearing like, I don't know, like a net blouse or whatever he was wearing. <laughs> Reached out to his agent to find out what that word means. Yeah. Why should I feel this way? <laughs> and this book, it's fascinating to me because when I started reading the first chapter, my first thought was this is a very petty book, which... I wouldn't say juiced or vindicated are both very petty. Yeah. Yeah. But by the time I got just a couple chapters in... I feel very different about Vindicated. I think there's something else going on, and we'll get to it at the end. There's inferences to be made. Yes. And they are not concrete. They're not concrete, and they're not a good look. No. For Jose. Yeah. It's like stuff you can't prove. I'm about to do to Jose Canseco what he wanted to do to Roger Clemens in Juiced, which is throw a theory out there and state right up front. I have no proof, yeah, but I do have some suspicions about what's going on with Jose Canseco's book writing process. Jose Canseco theory was a class I did take in, in college. <laughs> and it all centers around Roger Clemens, who is the subject of the first chapter of Vindicated. One of the worst handlers of the steroid scandal. Oh, yeah. Well, he's the one who ended up almost in prison for perjury. Yeah. He handled it really poorly. Yeah. Other than like maybe... Him and Rafael Palmero might have been the two that kind of really blew. Like, McGuire just had a word salad of, he had like a stroke yeah. up there. And uh, Sammy Sosa did the smartest thing. <laughs> I don't understand your questions. Jose Why Canseco do you even have that? calls that out in yeah. Vindicated. He's like, oh, somehow Sammy Sosa forgot how to speak English yeah. during his testimony. That was for sure. That was a lot of people's words. That was a lot of people were saying Brilliant. That. I don't understand. <laughs> What if Rafael Palmero did that? It might as well have been like, baseball been very, very good to me. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Be funny if Mark McGuire did that. (laughs) No comprendes. Just crunts. (laughs) 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 Putting on his little glasses. (laughs) Those tiny little... Santa Claus glasses. glasses (laughs) To go... (laughs) (laughs) But this first entire chapter of Vindicated is Jose Canseco expressing this frustration about how he wanted to call out Roger Clemens in Juiced also. But he had never actually seen Roger Clemens take steroids. So according to Jose Canseco, to hear him tell it, he uses the word powerful forces so many times to describe Roger Clemens getting... Talking about Christ. Steroids. To describe Roger Clemens getting cut from juiced. Yeah. One theory is a publisher using the word libel to Jose Canseco and being like, hey, man, we get sued for that. 
Right. We can't fucking do that. Yeah, it's hard to come back from that. And Roger Clemens, like, when you think of the players Jose Canseco was calling out, Clemens was almost certainly the most financially secure. Because we know baseball players make a ton of money, but... All Clemens was doing was buying, like, ribs and stuff. Yeah. He didn't look like he was spending a lot of money. Yeah, Clemens, and he'd been playing for... His rookie season was, what, 85? 85 was his rookie card, so 84. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he'd been at it for a while. And he was strikeouts in like 87 or 80. Yeah, he was at the like that gave him top of his game. But he was also teammates with Jose Canseco on the Yankees, right? On On the the Jays, the Blue Jays. Yeah. That Blue Jays signing where Jose Canseco's like, I got blackballed. And it's like, "Eh." that Blue Jays team was sort of like when wrestling events will get like four old time like wrestlers that draw. And they're like, we got this guy. Or like when the Lakers tried to win a championship with Carl Malone and Gary, Gary Payton. Payton. Yeah. Only one ball on that court. I think that was a favor to Carl Malone and Gary Payton. Yeah. And I'm glad it didn't play out. So yeah, when he's bringing up Clemens, he also makes it clear that he's just guessing and he never actually saw yeah. Clemens inject steroids. So at that point, you can't put it in the book. Yeah. And like your other stories are all, I was the dude who injected these steroids and I can prove it. But he does mention Clemens by name. By saying Clemens was the only one he's never seen cheat on his wife. Very interesting point. Which is interesting when looking at the second book. Right. In the first book, you're just like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. He doesn't just mention that. It's the opening sentence of the road beef chapter. Yeah. Is that, He throws Mark Grace very under the bus. Right. But, but Roger Clemens is exalted in the book. He says Roger Clemens' wife should be proud. Of all the steroids he did. Right. So, uh... Just keep that in mind, everybody. We'll get back to it. Injected steroids into Mike Wallace of 60 Minutes. (laughs) There's such a great little vignette of, uh, I think it was Opie and Anthony did it. Yeah, it was. They cut up the Roger Clemens interview. (laughs) It's one of the funniest bits I've ever heard. It's so good. Yeah, it sounded so convincing. It was really well done. (laughs) I'd like to thank Brian McAmey and steroids. I'm so thankful for steroids. (laughs) And then later, my kids will inject Mike Wallace of 60 Minutes with drugs. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And so, again, he mentions the his time with the Expos in the second book. Which is good, because he got called out after the first book a lot for that. Right. Remember, I, I watched that three-hour interview compilation yeah. with him. And a good 30% of those, because he'd talk about being blackballed, were people that were being like, yeah, but you played with the Expos your numbers were bad and you got cut. Right. What do you mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't track. No. And in this book, he talks about A-Rod actually being the first person to say he was being blackballed. Yeah, not the first person to end up fucking his wife, though. Right. Mm. Yeah, A-Rod becomes important in Vindicated later. Jose Canseco does this thing where he does the first chapter and talks about Roger Clemens and then gets to, I think, either the end of the first or second chapter, and he's like, but it's not just Roger Clemens. I've got some other names to drop on you. And there are essentially three big names that come up in Vindicated. My dog. Yeah, Winter. Winter Soldier Nielsen. Barking. Ju- juicer, yeah. Barking right now. Big steroid head. Got that droid rage. <laughs> Roger Clemens, Alex Rodriguez, and Maglio Odornez. Mag- Odornez. Those were two big names at the time because they were... I mean, Maglio Ordonez was still really young at the time, which is, I mean, Jose was talking about him as a rookie. 
Basically, yeah. Like a really young player. Like Maglio Ordonez, at the time of Vindicated, was only like a four-year veteran or five-year veteran or something. Well, he had been playing long enough that Jose Canseco could have named him in Juiced. Okay, yeah. didn't. And his argument was, well, we were friends. And then Maglio Ordonez didn't like me after I wrote Juiced. And then we weren't friends anymore. So now I have to tell you that he did steroids too. If I dodged the bullet of Juiced... I would have been like, thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's $30,000. I don't doubt that I that might have happened. I appreciate that. One of the more interesting stories, he implies that he's the one who hipped Barry Bonds to this steroids. Is this is true. This is actually also mentioned in the Balco book that I read. Oh, yeah. Is they say, so they're at, they're in Vegas at a kind of like a home run competition. Home run like a little derby, derby sort of thing, thing but yeah. like not an MLB sanctioned thing. I think it's like a separate. Yeah. And the story is that Jose is shirtless and Barry yells across the locker room. Damn, what the fuck are you on? Right. And magic. <laughs> magic happens from there, including Jose Canseco winning that home run battle. Yeah, and, of course. And Barry Bonds wasn't on steroids at the time. And $600,000. Yeah, man. That's a nice haul. That's really good for swinging a bat. Yeah, especially for swinging a bat for one evening. And yeah, he said that happened at Cashman Field in Las Vegas That is 2000. There is, according to the official report with the Balco investigation, that is a true story. That's a a solidified... It makes sense. a, A verified event. He also calls Matt Lauer an asshole. There's a fun exchange there, which that tracks. He certainly covers some... Decency in 2019 basis here. Yeah. He uh, calls out Matt Lauer for being an asshole and then sort of like defends Monica Lewinsky at one point because he mentions how after Juiced came out, one reporter, because he was uh, being accused of lying so much, one reporter called him Monica Lewinsky with a baseball bat. And Jose Canseco's reply to that was, oh, I'm sorry, was Monica Lewinsky supposed to have been lying? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal? Yeah, wow, that reporter's a fuckface. Yeah, that's a real asshole right there. So man, uh, we were so mean to that girl. Yeah, it we, was we still really exalt bad. Bill Clinton, man. Everyone's like, who's great? Yeah, I remember when she finally kind of came out of hiding. She did this TV show where people were just allowed to ask her questions, and at the end, someone was just like, "How you doing?" And she like broke down and started crying. Yeah, that's the right answer. Yeah, it was great. <sighs> so. Yeah, he spends a lot of this book just being angry that people called him a liar and said he wasn't being honest and that he was just trying to get money. and Which that part, he's... He's right. Mostly right. Yeah. So it makes sense. Like, he thought the book was going to come out and it was just going to... That was going to change everything. There's this interesting false purity that people have when somebody does an endeavor, create something, and then they're like, you're just going for money. It's like, well, Yeah. Well, yeah, at least I got to eat. Motherfuckers got to eat. Like, what the fuck, man? Am I supposed to do everything for free? Only musicians work for free. It's the same thing when people are like, you know, cops, they, you know, the sacrifices they make. I'm like, that's a career. They make a ton of money. Yeah. And they chose that career. They weren't drafted into the police force. Yeah, this isn't a volunteer police force. That always blows my mind. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. Jose Canseco is a cop anyway. He is. Jose Canseco is a cop. He can't be because he's a felon, right? Right. He is a felon. (laughs) And that added quite a wrinkle to the congressional testimony. Technical felon, Jose Canseco. (laughs) It is crazy how he ended up a felon. I I think it's a bit unfair. 
But also he has placed himself in a lot of positions to receive this treatment. Yeah. We didn't talk much about the bar fight that first got him a police no, record. I think we were just really invested into Jose Canseco looking motherfuckers dressed like Bella Lugosi Dracula knocking dudes out in a bar. Because <laughs> that image is, I 100% picture him as a super jacked up Bella Lugosi. Oh, hell yeah. Dracula with the cape with the cardboard collar to like <laughs> hold it up and it's like the vinyl cape. And as it turns out, at least according to his version of the story, and having been in bars, I can see this happening. He claims someone, he was with his brother, Ozzy, and someone grabbed Ozzy's girlfriend's ass. And that's how the fight started, which again, in 2019, it's an all right fight to have. It is. Although these are two human slabs of meat punching right imagine well, i mean also they're in miami we don't know what the other two dudes look like they were probably also human slabs of meat imagine for a second <laughs> dig if you will the picture you're being a bit of a creep and you see a hot girl and you're gonna grab her ass because you're a scumbag and then uh two jose canseco's <laughs> turn around <laughs> oops oh my god i'm seeing double four jose canseco's so, yeah, yeah, that would be that's what got Jose Canseco in legal trouble first is this fight. Well, but, I mean, third. Well, yeah. Yeah, there were There's also the several few several, other things, several moments of perceived abuse. <laughs> and so he had been on probation for that. And in 2004, he goes to California for a charity golf tournament and to see his daughter. But whatever, there's a charity golf tournament to handle and he comes back a day later than he was supposed to and he gets immediately arrested when he returns to florida because dangerous criminal jose canseco has landed a day late and we now must spend taxpayer resources incarcerating him well he's easy to hide yeah you know he's a very surreptitious (laughs) gentleman duffel bag his daughter's carrying him in a duffel bag massive and his muscles bulging out of the bag <laughs> looks like a snake ate jose canseco <laughs> is that a sack of heads <laughs> all biceps so he's arrested and he ends up being sentenced to two years house arrest which again that seems like a lot but i've known people That's who egregious. were egregious that is that is egregious i've known people who were on probation they would get sentenced to like Two months house arrest if they did something wrong. Yeah, this seems aggressively punitive. Yeah. It seems like they just don't like him. And there is something to be said about the, I hate to say it, but the fame factor and the race factor of this. Oh, absolutely. His name's Jose. He ends up in actual prison. Yep. For a few months. because because a metabolite of steroids is found in his blood. Right. In the interviews, the word metabolite is the most common word that he says. Interesting. Because they talk about like... A lot of people would ask him, like, well, what happens if someone tests for steroids now? And he goes, well, the tests are not as exact as you think. And he's like, for example, I got busted and went to prison because I had a metabolite floating in my system that was a tiny, tiny bit. And he kept saying that. He kept saying there's a metabolite. We find out later when you watch that special, the last shot, that he had been doing steroids. Of course. And that... That's what he claims is that there was a a metabolite of a steroid that was still. And it kills me that he'll go public with claims like that. And then they get found out and he's writing books asking why people think he's a liar. 
Because you lie, bro. You fucking lie all the time. That, Obviously. That did, Reba song, You Lie. Right? It's a good song. Not a big Reba fan. Yeah, I mean, Fancy's like great. But you'd like You Lie. And the thing that gets him arrested is Ozzy Canseco gets pulled over, and there are steroids in his car. And Jose, in the book, is like, they somehow traced it back to me. And it's like, did they have your name on him? Or did your brother say... Yeah, but kind of like... Or did your brother say, no, they're not mine? I mean, if you're his twin and you get caught with the steroid, like, here's the thing. Ozzy Canseco was also doing steroids. Right. Ozzy Canseco got caught with steroids. I don't disagree with the phrase, it somehow got tied back to me. Yeah, that's probably true. Because, like, Ozzy Canseco's a fucking adult choosing to do steroids of his own free will. Right. One easy way for Jose Canseco to have avoided all of this was to not do steroids while on house arrest. Yeah. It's interesting. Did you see the, was it A&E? I forget what the fucking the um, last shot documentary no, is. No, I haven't they, seen that They yet. talk about the come down from steroids when you cut cold turkey, and it is fucking brutal. But, 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 yeah. no one was asking him to quit cold turkey. If yeah. you're on house arrest for two years... I feel like you got time to invest in a wean yourself off steroids program. Yeah. Well, what happens is because his body has stopped producing testosterone at this point in time. Yeah. So this sort of like, remember in Fight Club, the meatloaf character, Bob had bitch yeah. hits and he was talking about how he was a big juicer. And then when he stopped, his body stopped producing testosterone because he cut cold turkey and then it, the estrogen produced breasts. But again, it didn't have to be cold turkey. Sure. But like, it's also, he's also like, can say go. All of his excuses for using steroids are, oh, well, there was all this pressure on me to perform as a baseball player. And it's like, all right, well, now you're on house arrest for two years. And you seem to have embraced the idea that steroids are bad because your whole public image now is, no, I don't do steroids anymore. I think knowing heroin is bad doesn't prevent you from doing heroin. Once an addiction, really. It's an addiction, but it's not a heroin addiction. But it is a 20-year Right. Like if you do something for 20 years, for example, if you're like a vegetarian for 20 years and then you eat meat, even though it's but a little bit of meat, people it'll do fuck qu- your system. People up. do quit drugs all the time. Sure, sure, sure. I think steroids and artificial testosterone should be held in an interesting category because they're not like a weird vice kind of a thing, you know, but at the same time, it is something where you are literally changing the entire chemistry of how your body works. Right. And then to... Like the weaning process of that after doing it for decades has got to be insane. I've never done it, but I do have sort of a form of empathy for the idea that that's not something that you can, you can't train spotting your way off of steroids in the same way. Well, then at least don't write this book. Well, yeah, obviously. Like, <laughs> like that part I agree with. It's so fucking insane. I mean, no, that being said, he had two years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At least he had two years to. My homie's got two years to lay down on a bed and write a book. So after this arrest, after he tests positive for steroids, because he's obviously taking steroids, he goes to prison for three months, where I'm assuming he still took steroids because he didn't come out with titties. But right off the bat, when he talks about his time in prison, he claims, and this is a quote the jumpsuits were ripped at the seams to make it easier to rape guys. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. No, they fucking weren't. To rape guys. Yeah. That's how he meant to say it. Guys. excited. (laughs) Man, it was really nice, man. (laughs) And no, they weren't. And no one would fucking tell you that. As Jose Canseco, you're going to get in prison and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we ripped those so you can get raped. No, 
no, no, I don't doubt that there was some rape happening in prison, but I mean, in Miami, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Prison is like the Miami of Miami. <laughs> and this is his other quote. I didn't have to worry about that, of course, because I'm pretty big because I can take care of myself. But that was my life day in, day out. I was surrounded by animals. Mm, animals. Not a good look. He's right about the first part of that. Yeah. Who's going to try to rape Jose Canseco? I don't know. I mean. I would try to have consensual love with Jose Canseco. Consexual. <laughs> Jose consensual. <laughs> Emphasis on Jose consent cast. Because he's right. Like, that's the thing. Like, I never am afraid when I walk down the street. Yeah. I'm just not. Because right. I don't think anybody in their right mind would be like, that's worth it. Yeah. In that regard, like a robbery kind of thing. Yeah. I bet he had probably signed more autographs in prison than he did have to deal with violence. That would be my guess, too. Yeah. Like, like that's the other thing, too. It's like, you are a celebrity in prison. Yeah. He's trying to make it seem like, and I'm I'm not discounting that going to prison in any way is awful. I've been to jail was, for a couple days and it's the worst. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I spent a weekend in mm. Peoria County Jail. You had a nice little weekend. We'll drop in. Yeah. I missed a court date oh. and went to jail on a Friday night and didn't have bail money. And if you don't have bail money, they just provided you uh, don't live in a state with an overabundance of crime. You see a judge in the morning and they let you go on. It's called a Recon PR. Personal reconnaissance. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if you go in on a Friday night, there's no judge the next day. So then you have to stay in Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday morning you get out. So it's been a couple of days. How was that? Uh, I didn't shower because the minute I got there, uh, someone mentioned to me that in the shower, if you want to keep it running longer, there's a broomstick in there, and you just jam the broomstick underneath the shower head to keep it going longer. And I was not taking a shower in. Where there's a broomstick. A jailhouse shower with a broomstick in it. I knew I was getting out Monday, so I just went home yeah. stanking. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to leave prison anyway, or jail, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was prison. Was it? Because no. those are two... No, it was jail. The technicality of that is always... Yeah, there. but there were people there who had, like, multi-year sentences oh. and things. Sometimes your sentences served out in a county jail. Man, that's got to be boring, huh? Yeah. I played dice with a guy who oh. I lost my dessert to because he beat me in cardboard dice just annihilated me Cardboard and like i saw dive. him a couple more times after we got out and it was very friendly just hung out now we didn't hang out but i'd like see him and be like oh yeah we were in jail together neat wow bonded wow full life jeff wow i did not know that about you i wrote a cracked article about it i think yeah i did wow that's fun you're like the jose canseco of cracked I'm the Jose Canseco of Jose Canseco because you were because you were blacklisted. <laughs> exactly, I was blackballed from my profession. Just like, except I actually was. Mm. So, God, I hate how apt that analogy was. I know. Ugh. So, yeah, the jail stuff. I feel like it's him playing it up a little bit. He did disavow steroids in his congressional testimony, and he adds that in the book yeah now this is something that's interesting too because and you brought this up and i agree this is sort of like the current vaping scandal now where it's bit. like the deaths from steroids were two kids that killed themselves right and like not to sound harsh but teenagers do that sometimes teenagers do that sometimes and just because they were on steroids and you've heard the term roid rage 
Doesn't mean that's why they killed yeah. themselves. I think we can recognize correlation without causation, but also right. that's a very small sample size. It's a super small sample size. And if this was such an out of control problem among teens, why not more deaths? And also how many baseball players killed themselves? Yeah. I get that in a teen. I mean, Frank Thomas almost got killed by Jose Canseco. <laughs> Getting in that car with Jose Canseco, Frank Thomas yeah. was that's trying like to kill himself. That's a noose around your neck, man. Yeah. Death by Jose. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> you got a bottle of pills in there if you want to just down that. <laughs> Save yourself the trouble. Nah, I want to go out in an explosion. I want to careen into a ravine, baby. <laughs> but yeah, he disavowed steroids technically in his statement to Congress because of these deaths that were brought up. But I do think it's important to make it clear that those deaths weren't really like... Again, correlation is not yeah. causation. Yeah. And that's we brought like, up... That's like being like, oh, they also went to the grocery store earlier that day. So grocery stores killed teens. I hate that you missed the Unpops episode we did about steroids because I feel like you would remember Lyle Alzado, right? Kind of. He was, me off a little bit. He because- was like the first casualty of steroids. He was a linebacker for the Oakland Raiders and the LA Raiders. It's in the seven, like the seventies and eighties. Okay. He would have been teammates with Bo Jackson at one point. He was a maniac. Like he was just a legitimately crazy. He was like person. why the Raiders are the Raiders. Right. Vibe. Yeah. And at one point he gets cancer. He gets a brain tumor and dies. And before he got cancer, he gave an interview to Roy Firestone, really famous sports reporter, gives this interview about how steroids should be a personal preference and it's not hurting anyone. If I want to take them, I should be as long as there's like basically making the same. It is hurting someone when you're plowing through people on the football (laughs) field. Basically, though, making the same argument Jose Canseco made and then he gets brain cancer. Yeah. And now he goes in front of Roy Firestone again and is like, I ate healthy, I exercised, I did everything right in my life, and I still got cancer. And it's because I took steroids. And it's like, sorry you're dying, but no, it's not. That's not how cancer works, Like, they prescribe the steroids you are taking for people who have cancer. It is meant to build tissue and build muscle. It is specifically diagnosed for wasting diseases. But so many people saw that interview and were like, oh, man, steroids kill people. Nah. In this congressional testimony. Only passively. Yeah. Only by making you want to take Lamborghini risks. <laughs> the Chris Benoit thing is another good example of where we're like roid rage. Like he premeditated that shit. And the also the other thing about that, too, is his move was flying headbutt. Right. Do you ever see there's a photo? There's one photo that takes place after he did it. Yes, I have seen and that. And it is, it's like a haunted photo. Yeah, it's very creepy. Ugh. But he's another one where if you look into it, the common line has been steroids did that. But he was also super duper drunk. Yeah, Hulk Hogan didn't murder anybody. He just said the N-word a whole bunch. I guarantee you alcohol has led to more murders than steroids. You 100% think? You think? alcohol. And he was hammered when that shit happened. Well, that's why Canseco was the new mantle. <laughs> exactly. Steroids were the new alcohol. And here's the thing. In his statement to Congress, he ends it with to send a message to America, especially the youth, that these actions, while attractive at first, may tarnish and harm you later, that sometimes there are things more important than simply money. He very adamantly says in this book, steroids will make you rich. Yeah, he says it in the opening of Juice. Yeah. 
he says steroids are the future. He's also got this crazy conspiracy theory that Rafael Palmero lied to Congress because he had already tested positive and baseball went to Rafael Palmero and basically blackmailed him into lying to Congress. That is such a huge claim. Massive claim. That is a conspiracy to lie to Congress carried out by one of the big four sports organizations. Well, that being said, it's not that there aren't conspiracies by sports organizations. Oh, absolutely. This isn't as far out to me as I think it is to you, where I'm like, it doesn't sound wrong because it's Congress and baseball. They probably said something like, we can protect you as long as you protect us. Say Jose's a liar. Everybody's going to, and we'll pretend this never happened. I could that would be such a risky move. Like that's a federal crime. That's witness tampering. Bud Selig sucks. Yeah, Bud Selig does suck. Like, yeah, man, some people are assholes. (laughs) And also, Jose Canseco. Here's an actual line from the book. And in my fevered imagination, Palmero might have asked, "And why would you do that for me?" Jose Canseco did not describe his imagination as fevered. Whoever ghost wrote this book included that and i don't know what if, if it's that guy that hates him it probably was because i don't know if jose canseco realizes how that line sounds but he's kind of being made to sound like he's hallucinating yeah like that's what a fever dream is i got a fever <laughs> i got the only fever. prescription is more steroids rafael palmero juan gonzalez's pert ass oh what a tender ass that fucking ass oh man tried oh. to order one for thanksgiving oh they yeah, were man. out you know why tender tender juicy tender juicy ass hell yeah of juan gonzalez <laughs> let's do a podcast about his ass next <laughs> juan gonzalez <laughs> pod ass <A> podcast <laughs> i love it so yeah there's fucking rafael palmero conspiracy in there which is interesting the one thing I think the most interesting part of Vindicated is when Jose Canseco points out the flaws in the idea that the Mitchell report was carried out by an independent investigator. This doesn't seem like it was Jose Canseco's research. Yeah, this is very thorough, very good. Like, this is bombshell shit. Yeah, this is fucking the yarn tying the shit around. And basically his assertion, the... Kind of the culmination of Congress looking into steroids was that they went to baseball and were like, all right, we'll let you hire an independent investigator to look into this and he's going to write a report and whatever happens is going to happen. And they were like, all right, we won't hire anyone. Like, we're obviously not going to have fucking Steinbrenner do it. So they hire Senator George Mitchell, which that doesn't have anything better to do. Yeah. What else does a senator have to do but look into steroids and Can we also just talk about how useless and unnecessary the steroids congressional hearing actually is? Oh, yeah. Like, what a waste. Wasn't there one about the college football bowl system at one point, too? Yeah, maybe. I think that was about monopolies. Oh, yeah. Like, that that was the thing where it was like, your education system's working as monopolies. I get that. Yeah, that's Uh, understandable. That's why I, I fuck with Bernie Sanders so hard about this when he was just like, I assure you. You can come here when we're talking about the healthcare <laughs> and when we're talking about income inequality. Like, yeah, that was great. That video is in, so great. Instead of just baseball. So much of this podcast feels relevant now. It really is. Weirdly. Yeah. Even if it's not steroids in the news, the way a lot of issues are being dealt with now, it feels like the same way. 
Also, Jose Canseco running for president? What? Crazy, yeah. And I'm going to vote for him? Nuts. Yeah, how's this even happening? But what he brings up in the book is that Senator George Mitchell had previously been a consultant to the owners of the Boston Red Sox since 2002. Look, man, that was a good time for us. He also brought up that in addition to the Red Sox stuff, he had served on the board of directors of the Florida Marlins and his law firm had done legal work for the MLB Players Association. I will say this, 2002 Red Sox, the start of a pretty good era. Not going to lie. Yeah, it is. It was 2004 when they won. Yes, 2003 was Aaron fucking Boone. Right. And then 2004 was the win. And then 2007 was a win. 2004, I was so invested in the Red Sox winning that World Series. Oh, me too. And they played the Cardinals, right? Yep. Fuck the Cardinals. They, I'm a Cubs fan. They fucking jacked the Cardinals so bad. They beat the Cardinals so bad that they stole their last out. They stole the player that was their last out. Edgar Renteria oh, yeah. was the last out of the game. And, and they then, beat then, the Yankees three in a row the series before, right? Four in a row. Oh, yeah. Four in, it had to be four in a row. Yeah. yeah. They, down three nothing. Crazy. God, that's such a good fucking... Uh, if there weren't already a million documentaries about it, I'm like, we should do that as a podcast. Yeah. But also, like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. That was an interesting pull. Sure. Vindicated. Yeah. And legitimately valid point that he spends all of a paragraph on before moving on <laughs> so, to talk about speaking blow, at the University of get, Florida. Getting blowjobs in, in, in <laughs> Ferraris or something. He's like, this isn't important for me to talk about how all the major league owners were exonerated by the guy yeah. that was working in conjunction with the owners for years ahead of time. No, no, no. Let's talk about yeah. me getting a blowjay. It's nuts. There should have been a solid chapter about that because that is what yeah. happened with the Mitchell report as it came out. And they were like, yeah, the owners didn't know, man. There's no fucking way. There is absolutely no way. And yeah, pretty crazy. So the last thing I want to talk about Roger Clemens, 1998 pool party yeah. or Jose Canseco's 1998 pool party. I would have done anything. To be at that pool party. Imagine being the 11-year-old kid who was there. Amazing. <sighs> Smelling all that baseball player in the air. Jeez, imagine. Fucking. It's fucking Clemens over there. No, it's not. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Fucking, fucking drown the kid. The kid. Yeah. <laughs> you <What>? see nothing. <laughs> What's really interesting is Roger Clemens, just to give you the short version, as Jeff mentioned earlier, handled the steroid scandal worse than anyone in the world. In that he was the one guy who was facing prison. Because he went on like a shit. press tour basically saying he didn't do it. Right. And then he ends up in front of Congress in 2008 and he lies also. Yeah. What happened is this guy named Brian McNamee, who was Clemens' former trainer, claimed he gave Clemens steroids a bunch of times and that the subject first came up beautifully, so poetically, at a pool party at Jose Canseco's house. That's where everything in the 90s happened. Yeah, yeah. I bet it looked so saved by the bell back there. In 98, too. Yeah, he's still a few years behind. Yeah, everyone wearing carpenter jeans. <laughs> and basically, Clemens said he wasn't at this party at Jose Canseco's. And Brian McNamee swears he was. And interestingly enough, Jose Canseco in Vindicated is adamant that Roger Clemens was not at this party. Yeah. He's got a whole conversation that he claims he had with Clemens, and the conversation ends with, that's what friends are for. 
Is that necessary, Jose? And here's the thing. There is a picture of Roger Clemens at this party because there was an 11-year-old kid who was at Jose Canseco's fucking pool party. God damn, man. And Even being you at 11? Yeah. Going to a party where Jose Canseco and Roger Clemens were there? I would have lost my fucking mind. I would have di- died. And this kid did as well. And he spent that pool party taking pictures with baseball players. Why wouldn't you? And there is a picture of him with Roger Clemens with bleach blonde hair. Remember the bleach blonde Clemens era? Sure, he wasn't going through a midlife crisis. That sure as shit was 1998, (laughs) wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He had Eminem hair. Yeah, he was going for Smash Mouth. (laughs) And there's a picture of this kid with Roger Clemens at this pool party. And Roger Clemens' former trainer says this is where Roger Clemens and Jose Canseco first talk about steroids. They, like, go away to do something and – or, no, Jose Canseco says the trainer and Clemens – or, no, I forget who – someone eventually identifies Clemens and either Canseco or the trainer as walking off together. But Jose Canseco swears Clemens wasn't there, which – Unreliable narrator. Feels weird to me. It's because it's weird. And then there's the whole thing where this book opens with Jose Canseco swearing up and down – he tried his best to get Roger Clemens included in Juiced. Right. And just... It's so bipolar. Pardon the phrase, but it's so, like, all over the place. Well, I feel like I have an explanation. And, again, I would never say this is definitely what's happening. This is just a theory. It's conjecture. Of mine. It's just my hypothesis. Connecting some dots here. Yeah. Here is what I think happened. I think Roger Clemens paid Jose Canseco to keep his name out of juiced. And I think at least part of Vindicated is Jose Canseco trying to cover his tracks so that doesn't come out. That's what friends are for. That's what friends are for, Jeff. And what's really troubling about this to me is listeners of this podcast flashback to when Roger Clemens' name previously came up. It was in the Road Beef chapter, which is all about baseball husbands cheating on their baseball wives. Everybody but Roger Clemens. And that really does kind of, and I think I sent this as a text, me thinks the gentleman doth protest too much. It's literally the first sentence of that chapter. Can you tell him I have a big dong too? (laughs) Exactly. Texas idiot. That's what it feels like to me. Jose Canseco says Roger Clemens' wife should be proud. Of all the steroids he did. (laughs) And then cut to 2008 we start finding out about Roger Clemens' extramarital affairs. And some of them are exactly what you would expect from the Road Beef chapter. There's a bartender in Manhattan, uh, some woman in Tampa that they can't even find. I think John Daly's wife is the best because it's like a doughy-faced white dude banging the (laughs) wife of a doughy-faced white dude. Exactly. Yeah, John Daly's wife, Paulette Dean Daly, but I think she might have been his ex-wife by that point. A stripper in Detroit. Hey, Who hasn't? It's Tiger Woods shit. Yeah. You know? Except. Except one more relationship that we found out about in 2008. Roger Clemens' relationship with Mindy McCready, which by all accounts started when she was 15 years old. Which would have been, I looked it up, she was born in 75, so it would have been early 90s. Peak Roger Clemens, height of his powers. And depending on who you ask, 
the relationship didn't get sexual until years later. But here's the thing. We have a word for that, and it's also... grooming. Yeah, and it's also not a good thing. And for Jose Canseco to have been that vehement about Roger Clemens not cheating on his wife, being the one dude, like, had Jose Canseco... Yeah, they had been teammates by that point in Juiced. Yep. So where is that coming from? What motivated Jose Canseco to tell such an obvious lie? And not just an obvious lie, but an obvious lie that kind of covers up a crime? There are two ways to do this. One is the idea of it's money. And two, and this is the one that's like kind of sad to think about, but might be the other case, is uh, he might have been the only person that liked Jose Canseco. Yeah. You hate to say it out loud, but... I don't think Jose had a lot of friends. Right. I think Jose had a lot of hangers on. Right. And people that were like this fucking guy. People that tolerated him because yeah. he was a drug dealer. But like the two things are bribing with cash or literally being one of the only friends the guy has. Yeah. And it feels strange to me. Like everything about how hard he opens this book claiming he tried to include Roger Clemens and then that sentence in juiced. God, I feel weird about this. I feel like Jose Canseco mm-hmm. is up to something. That's a sentence that always counts. Yeah. That's that always a permanently acceptable sentence. Always pretty valid, but man, especially in this case. Yeah. And I feel like we should do a couple more episodes. We might have to. I don't this know if I can. This was supposed to be our final episode, but I don't think we have, we don't have proper punctuation at the end of this. I don't feel like I can leave it on this. This no. would be too much of a cliffhanger, and I don't know if we have enough for another season. No, we don't. We talked about that, and I, I kind of put the kibosh on a, on yeah. a whole season. I don't think we have it, but we can get, at the very least, one more episode. I, I need to look into this more. Yeah. This, I didn't expect yeah. to land on this. Yeah, well. For the end of. Our Plymouth Rock. This episode. For episode six. This is Conseco Gate, man. We need to follow the Gate money. Seiko. Gate Seiko. Well, Someone get me access to between now and next episode. If anyone out there has Roger Clemens financial records for the past 15, 20 years, if we can just see have that, yeah. if there are, if you can find any payments just being funneled to Jose Conseco, send it to me on signal. I don't have a signal yeah. account, but it's fine. We'll get one. Send me an invite. Sounds like a sode to me, Adam. I think that's a sewed. We got to get to a movie. Yeah. We got a honey boy. Let's go see honey boy. Uh, What do you got to plug? You know, Adam Todd Brown on Instagram and Twitter. That's Todd with one D. At Hey There Jeffro on Twitter and Instagram for me. Don't forget to check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on Gamefully Unemployed with Tom Ryman. And then uh, you can check out all my stuff. You can find me. Find him. All right. Okay. Let's get out of here until next episode. Okay. Bye. What What if we die doing this? Get killed by Roger Epi- Clemens? No, what if we're like episode 919, we're 80 years old, just still fucking the, trying to the end longest this. longest-running Jose Canseco theme podcast in the west of the Pecos. We're going to end this today, I swear. Goodbye, everybody. We Bye. love you. Bye. Bye.